Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Jenny Victory. Jenny is a CPA, Stanford instructor, and leadership reformer. Jenny, it is an honor to have you here today. Thank you, Matt. Likewise, an honor to be with you. Yeah, so we met at the Heaven and Business Conference as is probably uh, becoming a normal thing for a lot of the guests that, that we've had on here. And it was just great to connect in person and then also just get a, a true feel for your passion for uh, just life in general and, and the things that that you're trying to accomplish in all that you do. So I'm really excited to, to hear what you have to say today. Yes, we'll see what unfolds. It'll be a good conversation. Yeah. So first of all, let's start with the fact that you are a Stanford instructor, one of the best universities in the country. How did that come about and, and what do you teach there? So that came about through a connection with a good friend of mine and she recommended that I submit a proposal for the continuing studies program. She is um, a design thinking instructor, right? With a prestigious D school. She's also a believer, a good friend of mine and said, Hey, you know, uh, she actually started off as a client first and then became a friend. We're in a mutual entrepreneur group together. And um, from experiencing the, the framework that I use, the purpose leadership framework that God gave me, she said, Hey, I, you know, I think this would be a good opportunity for you, right? You're, you're used to working in the marketplace. You're used to working with, you know, all the peoples of every, you know, belief system and diversity. And so I would love to see you, you know, submit a proposal. And then she knows people in the continuing studies program. And so she sent a note and said, Hey, this is my colleague, you know, take a look at her proposal. And then I got a meeting two days later, and here we are five classes later. That's awesome. So you enjoy working with, I mean, I'm guessing it's not just college age. It is successful people that are wanting to go back and get degrees, things of that nature. Actually, it's continuing studies. So it's not advanced degrees. It is the um, Stanford, uh, Stanford considers continuing studies, their give back arm of the university. And um, so they offer classes to all the Bay Area community. So any citizen, anybody who's living here or anybody who's there on visa for that matter, but anybody who's living here, because I taught a class on campus, right? So whoever's here in the community and most especially those that are in the tech industry, right? In all the biotech and all the other industries here, the professionals, whether it's a, you know, a, a tech uh, VP or uh, an out pair from France, like we've got people, uh, you know, 19 years old, 72, uh, right, from every country around the world and, and a whole diversity of professions that come into class. Well, who better to lead and guide and uh, help impact those people than you? That's exciting. <laughs> well, it is an entrusting, right? It is exciting. And I am entrusted with that. Yes. Well, I'm sure that you're doing a far better job than uh, some of the other instructors uh, around the country that that aren't necessarily teaching the same things. So I'm a little bit biased, but uh, <laughs> but from that standpoint, 
Um, what, what you do primarily is you are a leadership reformer. So you work with successful people to try and help them become more successful, become more impactful, become more fulfilled. Tell us more about that. Yes. So I discovered through my own journey and through working with so many clients over the years, whether it was in public accounting when I first started auditing financial statements or when I was in human resources or this part of my career that is actually in my most tightly in my core zone. I found that that people were operating on what I discovered is called the drama triangle. And so whether you're playing politics or you're hiding or you're uh, a little on the, you know, the bully coercion side, right? The, the assertive aggressive side, um, whatever we're doing, those things are called, right? The, the bully, the rescuer or the pleaser or the victim, right? So aggressive, passive, aggressive, passive, right? And so those dynamics um, are not true leadership and they create all kinds of, I'll say wonkus <laughs> dynamics in the workplace. And they also create dissonance within us so that we are, we also, we know we're not on track, even if we're not totally conscious of it, we know we're not on track. And so that impacts our fulfillment as well. Right. So through a whole series of God ordained points across my path, I, in 2010, I drew out the core zone framework and I literally hand drew it and I cannot draw, but I can drew it. And I sent it to a colleague who was a pastor, a coach, and a graphic designer. And he sent it back to me and said, did you know that this looks like an eyeball? And I said, oh, look at that. It does look like an eyeball. (laughs) And so um, the eye is the window to the soul. The soul gives us clarity about our vision. And so um, from dialing into and equalizing into who we are really, uh, who we really are made in the image of God, whether we're aware of that or not. Our Psalm 139 unique wiring, um, lining up our mindsets and our strategies. From there, we end up with clean dynamics, right? Far more productivity and fulfillment wherever we are, whether I'm running an organization, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an individual contributor, I'm an executive, whatever. Um, I'm at home, right? I'm a wife, a husband, a you know, a citizen you know, then we can move our, we can line up our behavior onto the power triangle, which means instead of bully, even if you're a nice bully, right? Like, even if you're just sort of like talkative or just gently coercive or, you know, a little too attached to the outcome, you know, even if you're in the gentle or bully zone, we still want you to be a champion, right? And instead of being nice and people pleasing, nice is not a virtue, right? Kindness is, respectful is, nice is not. And so people pleasing is, um, you know, not a virtue. It's very socially acceptable, mind you, but not a virtue. And so we want to be in that facilitator, um, you know, empower uh, place instead. And then instead of victim creator, right? So all the places of empowerment and just like with Pilates, if you know anything about Pilates, all of the movement, whether you're in class or you're applying it to your life comes from your core right? The deep inner muscles. And from that, it's called the powerhouse for a reason, right? And so I dial people into the powerhouse of their soul core, heart core, mindset core, aligned action from there. And then that's where you have true power 
and true influence and real lasting impact. So a lot of good information there. Um, you know, two things that I want to touch on. Number one, we know that Ephesians 2.10 says that we are created in the image of Christ Jesus, that we are God's handiwork. And you know, he had plans for us that he prepared in advance, good work for us to do that he had prepared in advance. So we know before we're even born that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And you know, those are plans to prosper, to do us no harm, you know, Jeremiah 29.11. You know, so we know those verses, and and so what you're doing is is you're connecting people to what is truth, you know, God's truth. You're connecting them to that through uh, this process. But then at the same time, you know, I work out, you know, at least five times. My wife will tell you it's every day, but uh, if I can get every day, then I will. But I'm doing some sort of core exercise every single day. I'm strengthening my core every single day because of the thing, I've never done Pilates. I've seen it done. Looks kind of painful, but uh, but with that, I know that a strong core is extremely important because it connects everything else. So I absolutely understand uh, the basis behind spiritually and physically, uh, as well as you know emotionally and uh, all other aspects. So you know, from that standpoint, when people come in, do they recognize? often, you know, where they are in that triangle or, you know, are you having conversations with them? And then they're like, oh, I I didn't even realize that I was stuck in this triangle. And I kept, you know, going from one corner to the other and uh, kind of bouncing around is, I mean, or is there more awareness than that? No, there's usually not that kind of awareness. No. So there are a couple of different pieces to that, right? So we are taught to be motivated by external expectations, right? Uh, Go to school, get this degree, take this track, you know what I mean? All these, and uh, add on to that, whatever cultural, ethnic, spiritual, family (laughs) dynamics, societal dynamics that go with that, there's a lot of external pull and external pressure. And so, and then there's also a lot of external affirmation, right? So if I'm behaving in these ways, I get a lot of I can get results. I mean, I, people can get results with that. And, and, and so it's when people get stuck or they get plateaued and they can't get to the next level, or there's, you know, they're, they're not fulfilled, super successful, not fulfilled, something's off in at home or whatever. um, People don't usually understand why, right? Because this external experience says everything should be good and it's not. And so that adds to the sense of like, what is actually wrong? It's supposed to be working. Right. So, um, so yeah, when people, whether I'm in class and I'm teaching this, or I work with people one-on-one consult with clients one-on-one, I start with these basic principles that we cast vision and we think it's supposed to be this, you know, this straight, easy arc. And what we're actually doing is um, several things. One, we're actually casting vision into the status quo box, right? Into the external expectation box and not really realizing it's not my heart's desires, your heart's desires. And then the other thing that we're doing to your point, we can start, you know, to get some uh, traction, to get some arc on that. And then life happens, right? A a lockdown, for example, (laughs) for example, happens (laughs) or any other parts of life. Um, that are just normal challenges of life. And we can hit that detour 
and it can end up being a rut or we can end up going around this mountain that creates the drama triangle, right? And people don't recognize that. But as soon as I explain it and, you know, uh, ask them some questions, they can typically recognize it. Now it's challenging because people are really used to that and they're getting affirmation from that, right? And people think it's their personality type. This is just the way I am. Well, it's probably fig leaves and who you really are is, is underneath here, right? In the deeper muscles of who you are. And so let's excavate, let's uncover who you really are. And whether it's a, you know, a tech executive or an individual contributor, an entrepreneur, everybody's biggest question, biggest fear is what if I don't like who I really am? And I say every time, I promise you will like who you really are. Yeah. Well, I think that 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 is a major concern with so many people. If they were truly who they were called to be, what would that look like? And what would they have to give up in order to become the person that God called them to be? And, you know, it's, it's interesting because this morning, you know, every morning I'm in prayer, the word worship, like as much time as possible. And, you know, when I come out of that time, I check email and I check social media and all that stuff. And I probably ought to just go the rest of the day without doing any of those things. I wish I could, but, um, you know, in order to engage with what's going on outside of my little cocoon. Uh, I do that. And, and there's a, an email that I get called Morning Brew. And this morning I read it and it's market updates and, you know, business yeah. and economics, all kinds of stuff. And, awesome. uh, you know, the headline this morning was peer pressure works. And, you know, unfortunately, peer pressure does work. It, it should not because we teach our children, you know, mm-hmm. don't just go along with the crowd. But, you know, the amount of bullying that is taking place today, whether it's from the government, whether it's from media, whether it's from social media, whether it's from friends, family, whoever, yes. pushing people to do things that they do not want to do. But because of that peer pressure, they continue to keep. Most people are not capable of standing firm in the beliefs that they have, those core beliefs that they are unwilling to waver in and it's been so sad for me to see the number of people that, that I'm in relationship with that over the last year and a half, they have completely changed personalities. They've completely changed every aspect of their being because it's the pressure externally versus saying, you know what? I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm going to be who God's called me to be no matter what. I'm going to be that person And I may have to give up a lot of stuff. I may not be able to do certain things, but I'm not going to change the the true root, the true foundation of who God has called me to be. And so I I think it's extremely important that you're trying to help people determine not only what that looks like, but that they can walk that out because there's a desperate need for people to be who they're called to be. And then not waver from that. Yes. And, um, you know, whether people are believers or not believers, and I'm about 50, 50 in my consulting practice and, and, you know, I don't even know what the split is in Stanford class, probably mostly not, which is, which is completely, completely fine. I'm like Paul at Mars Hill. Right. So just working with what we got there in the culture and, and bringing people back to 
like I said earlier, who they are made in the image of the great I am. And so in the middle of my, in the literal bullseye of my framework, I have the words I am in all caps stamp. So this is that, that poema, right? That, that um, from the Greek in Ephesians 2.10, right? The masterpiece of who you are stamped by God or the Revelation 2.10, you've been given a new name, right? On this stone, a name known only to him who receives it. And so, um, and so even non-believers can recognize the I am, right? Sometimes spiritually, oftentimes just, okay, I think in I am statements, right? So everybody can relate to that. Believers know, believers know who's in the bullseye <laughs> and who they're connected to when they're in their eye, in their core, in the bullseye. And so getting people back into that and then the eight pieces that reflect who we are at that innermost core are our are, are seven intelligences, how we think, our operating order, which everything else flows from. By the way, that is um, the seven pillars of wisdom from Proverbs. Um, I also, you know, my experience shows that it also matches the seven motivational gifts from Romans 12. And then from there, the second piece is what are our driving motives, right? Let's steward them. Not, let's not let them run us. What are our needs? Then our values, our strengths, how we contribute, how we love to contribute, our voice, our mission, which most people are looking for, purpose, which I have a different definition of, right? And then, and when people do that, Matt, right, like to your point um, about what everybody needs, believers need, but even non-believers need, non-believers or pre-believers, people who believe whatever they, right, we have, for the moment, we, we have freedom of religion. So whatever people, <laughs> whatever people are free to believe, when they get back into this connection with their core, they're, they're connected with, with God. You know, they, they're connected with higher power, uh, however they articulate that. But people know that people, people, you know, line, people know that somewhere in their being, right? Then their conscience gets cleared up, right? We get lined in conscience as well. And so um, from, from that place of, and then we can find our convictions, right? And I, for me, it's not just our values. It's this holistic Pete, all these eight pieces pulled together in the I am stamp, kind of like in the Venn, right? Like where's all the overlap to balance all these pieces of who I am. And um, that gives us conviction and then courage, right? The courage of conviction to take whatever risks we need to take and do whatever we need to do, whether it's, you know, a, an important time <laughs> that we're in right now, or I just have to you know, for example, I'm coming back from a, from an internal audit experience overseas, and I have to present, you know, the reality of that situation in the face of major intimidation, and I can't be intimidated. I gotta, I mean, I don't even, like, I will do the right thing, even if my voice is quavering, and I might be messy about it, at least it's written, here's your report, <laughs> I'm gonna, right, do the right thing, and that might cost me my reputation might cost me my job even, but I will, right. That's impactful for me to keep clean and core strong like that. And that also strengthens my core. It's strong. And then you strengthen it when you do those things, right. To your point, Matt. And then um, that, that, that is actually impactful, right. People, even if they don't like it, people often respect it. 
And I think that that's so important. Um, you know, doing the right thing is oftentimes not easy, but no. when we do the right thing over and over and over, then it does strengthen those beliefs. It strengthens that conviction. It strengthens our character. And so, you know, the, the more we do that, the more it's easy to do it the next time. The first time it's really hard. Second time it may be hard, but the more you do it, the more it's just instinctive behavior versus, oh, am I going to compromise? No, compromise is not something that I do. That's not who I am. Stay tuned. We'll have more living life on purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. Going back to your point about the, the split between you know, believers, non-believers, you know, I think that one of the, the biggest mistakes that the body of Christ makes is they don't engage in conversation about their faith with people that don't believe the exact same thing. Then the reality is you can't witness to people that don't believe what you believe if you don't speak to non-believers. And so, you know, the body of Christ, you know, it's either beat them over the head with a Bible or not talk to them at all. And, and there's got to be that middle ground where we're bringing the, the hope that we have that is Jesus Christ, that we're bringing that hope into conversations because people are desperate and hurting right now. And the world does not have these answers. And, you know, I'm going to try and give you a very quick synopsis of a situation the other day. I'm at the gym on Sunday and there's a guy that, that I'm friends with, and, and I'm going to try and make it really short, but we have conversation back and forth. We, we were in relationship, but, you know, kind of at a distance, but, but I'm friends with him on social media and he hadn't been in the gym in a while. And I'd seen him a few days before. And I said, so with all the surgeries that you'd had, he'd had shoulder surgery, knee surgery, all this have been out for months with all those things. There's no lingering pain. And, and eventually it's like, well, actually there is a little bit of pain in my side. And it, it, it kind of affects my whole core area. And um, I said, well, uh, I believe that Jesus still heals. Can I pray for you? And he was like, huh? And I said, I believe that Jesus still heals. Can I pray for you? He's like, yeah, sure. And so I go over there and I pray for him and, and he gets healed. I pray with full faith. He gets healed. And all of a sudden his mind is blown. He, he's like, I have no idea what just happened. And then I get to explain like who Jesus is and what he did and why he just received healing. And this guy was 18 years military. He's on full VA disability. He's like, you have no idea like how much pain my body's in endure. Like I, I don't even, I may need to go to church now. I said, man, I'd love for you to come to church. But at the end of the day, just know that Jesus healed you and he loves you. Yes. If I don't engage in that conversation, there's no opportunity to witness with that person. And, and I think that there is with kindness, with gentleness, with love, meeting somewhere, someone where they are, not trying to force anything on anybody, 
If he would have said, no, don't pray for me, you're weird. I would have respected that and I would have prayed for him from a distance, but um, but I laid hands on him and it was kind of awkward, but there's a guy that's healed and he yes. immediately reached out to somebody that I don't even know. And that person reached out to somebody that they're friends with. And that person reached back out to me and said, hey, did you pray for a guy at the gym? That sounds like something that you would do. And it was me, you know? So like that word travels, you don't yeah. know the seed that you're planting. Yes. I just stepping out in faith and having a conversation that could be a little awkward, but at the same time, it could change somebody's life. So I think that's extremely important to not just gauge your audience and then only engage with them the way that they want to be engaged, engage with them from that. I am who you're called to be and, you know, seeing what happens. Yes. And, and I would just also say that as believers, we can be on the drama triangle too, right? Beating people over the head with the Bible is bully right? We can people please, we can avoid, we can do all kinds of different fear-based things, right? Because the drama triangle is fear-based, core is love, right? Agape, love-based. And so I I would just say this to everyone who's listening, that um, just like you said earlier, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship. When we're in our core zone, we're in that workmanship that he made us to be. And Uh, then we can get aligned with the good works he prepared in advance for us to do the way that each of us is designed to do them. And so I I just want people to know that, you know, I think you probably are uh, kinesthetic interpersonal in your intelligence order. And Matt, you are, and I think that you are probably um, giver exhorter, right? In terms of Romans 12, that would match. It might be flipped the other way around. So this is um, the kinesthetic, right? You're going to go for the healing and you're, you're, vo- you're verbal. You're going to go for the, right. And the, um, the kinesthetic is actually is the giver is really good at making money and an entrepreneur and, and more of the evangelist in terms of the traditional definition of evangelist and, and a person who witnesses, right. And someone who um, has the musical intelligence or mercy first, or, you know, teacher or, you know, other, other giftings in a different order, the needs that they will see will be different than the needs that you see. And they'll meet people where they are according to the way that they're designed. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges in the church is that there's only one way to do things and there's not, there's your way, right? God made you, he is the right answer and you are his right answer here on the earth. So be who he designed you to be and go impact your people that you're supposed to impact um, everywhere that you are, according to the way that you're designed to do it, not the way I'm designed, not the way that Matt's designed, right? You're designed, Matt. But yes, definitely to your point, step out and do that so that people have the opportunity, right? Because I meet soul needs. And so I meet people where they are that way. And then from there, they say, um, you know, they ask me questions. Can you explain Good Friday to me? Can you tell me what this means? Are you, sometimes people ask me if I'm Jewish, sometimes they ask me, if I know Jesus. And so, you know what I mean? I do it a little bit differently than you do it, but the, but the opening is always there when we're lined up with the way God made us to do it. Uh, and anything and everything, right? Because sometimes it's the way we model, you know, who we are that, that is the most attractive. So there's just a lot of freedom and, and, you know, in who he designed us to be that way. So I just, it's so important for, for me, I feel convicted to say that because People really, really struggle with that, trying to find this like right answer, right one way of doing things. And it's the way you're designed to do things. 
Yeah, I, I do think that it is, again, like we're talking about being the person that you are called to be, that is the most important thing. And I'm, I'm pretty out there. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pretty radical, um, you know, fairly, uh, fairly bold. Uh, but from that standpoint, you know, I just, I just, I know that, you know, all of us are called to share, however, we are gifted to do that. That we are all called to share some way, shape, or form. We do need to find out what that looks like. Yes. Because, you know, the world is, they're not going to know otherwise, because they're, you know, it's amazing to me how many people come into my office that they they don't go to church, but I get to witness to them and I get to share and we get to have conversations. And sometimes, you know, we're praying in my office or they're weeping in my office or they're going through a situation that, you know, the world has no solution for. But you know, I think that we've all got to recognize what is the, you know, number one, what's the relationship that I've got here? And and I think that that when we've got relationship, that's more important than yes. just random people that we're engaging. Although sometimes, you know, that happens too, uh, with me anyway. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, I think it's important to just continue to focus on who God says we are, you know, who we are, who I am and, and continuing to find that. So, you know, how can people find out more about this type of leadership reformation, the things that you do, uh, how can they find more about Jenny victory and, and all of the awesome stuff that you're involved in at victory begins within.com. Excellent. Anything uh, you want them to follow on social media or you can follow my Instagram. That's the place where I'm most active. I'm, I'm on uh, Facebook as well and LinkedIn, but Instagram's where I'm most active. Okay. Awesome. Well, so as we are wrapping up here, what is some parting advice that you would give to somebody who, you know, maybe they're out there in this season, which has been extremely challenging, you know, they're struggling with, you know, who they are. They're, they're struggling with their, you know, with everything else that's going crazy, you know, who they're really supposed to be in this season of, of shaking, this season of testing. What, what would you say to that person? Well, I would, I would say that determining where you default to on the drama triangle is going to be a really helpful thing. Because especially if you default in like the people pleasing zone, you're going to think that this collective thing that we're doing is important. And it's in a constitutional republic, it's it's we the people, but me having a free choice and doing my part according to who I am that impacts the collective in like a much different way, right? And impacts it from love and not from fear and not from even a sense of obligation because obligation can be this people-pleasing guilt trip kind of a thing instead of, oh, I have clear conviction. And even if I don't even know the costs, if I haven't, if I'm not able to fully count all the costs, I still am willing to, to do it because I'm like, I have that conviction. And then the, the courage, it, you know, is there. I think the other piece, Matt, that's important is if people, I'll say, uh, I saw uh, Jay Valentin quote something on Instagram the other day, right? Uh, Chris, that I think he was talking about finding a partner, but this applies in all areas of life is to be willing to feel face and feel your emotions. And um, I've noticed this over the course of my 
uh, all of my work, but especially my consulting work, my leadership reformation work, you're not a strong leader unless you can face and feel your emotions and work through to the other side so that they're integrated and you're not reactive, you're responsive, right? And um, that way you can, with a with power, love, and a sound mind, you can go through your thinking order, you can have critical thinking, you can make, you can do your research, you can make decisions that might be scary, but do it with blessed assurance. And so I think that might be three key pieces, but I think they're very important. So. Oh, very good. Very good pieces of advice. And uh, I think that that is highly impactful. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor to have you. Thank you, Matt. Honored to be invited and to be here with you as well and your audience. Thank you so much. And, and if you have enjoyed this episode, we hope that you will not only follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, but also on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. Uh, we hope that you will not only share this episode and give us feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, uh, more of what you like than what you don't like. But uh, we want to hear from you, the listener. Okay. <laughs> so, thank you so much. And we will catch you in two weeks. Bye.